Hello and welcome into Coach's Corner. It is Friday, August 5th, and I am back with a fun Friday tier. Yes, I had the one a couple weeks back with fast food, created waves across the nation, actually. And I got another fun one for us. <laughs> Gonna have to explain through some of these um, a little bit, probably more than others, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, football is finally back. And I did my like college football kind of previews going through each conference. But now we're going pro. Now I got the AFC here. I got my predictions for the AFC. I picked out the schedule. There's a nice little website that lets me pick the entire you know schedule for each team. And I have that done for the AFC. And I will be reading that out here shortly. And a couple other little smaller headline stuffs. Um... And we will wrap up with MLB scores. So with that being said, let's get it. I welcome you into Coach's Corner. As I said, the date, Friday, August 5th. I am your host, Lucas Kochevar, as always. And wrapping up the week with a pretty good show for the folks. And we got football. We finally got some football. I cannot be more happy and excited to have football on my TV. I cannot be more excited to watch the Jaguars lose 20 to nothing in, at the half to the Raiders in the rain after a weather delay. It is just, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. We are so back. It is just the absolute best to watch Jarrett Stidham and Nick Mullins play in the Hall of Fame game with Zamir White making an appearance. Oh my gosh. It is just... It's just the best. I just, I love it. It just makes me jittery thinking about it. We finally, finally are here. And you know what was cool, I will say, about the uh, whole, um, you know, watching the game and everything is Trayvon Walker did have a sack. So that was pretty dang cool. You know, Trayvon Walker getting a sack, I enjoyed that thoroughly. That was pretty awesome. You know, and um, we did get the uh, induction of several players that you know managed to squeeze the right way in uh, Leroy Butler Bryant Young Richard Seymour Sam Mills Cliff Branch and Tony Bosley those guys you know all uh, were you know received an ovation from the fans um so I think you know obviously some of them weren't there but due to circumstances but we still got you know see them Except their uh, rightful you know, nominations for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Tony Bosley, especially being the first Jaguars player in the Hall of Fame. Mr. Jaguar himself is what they call him, apparently. But a very cool, very cool um, introduction to see him and everything. And yeah, in a game that, like I said, didn't matter whatsoever. No starters played except like Josh Jacobs. It was just good to see some guys hit each other. And <laughs> it was... It was very, very good. And I am recording it. This game is going on still. It is in the third quarter. Still 20 to nothing because, you know, the Jaguars, you know. And we'll get to them in a little bit here. But 
very, very cool to see the NFL back. We'll we'll be getting some more like preseason games, and I will be just watching all of them shamelessly. And also, I said Jaguars. I'd take Jaguars plus two and a half. My God, I gotta stop. <laughs> I'm Calvin Ridley out here. They call they're calling me the the chunky white Calvin Ridley, just betting on the Jags for no reason lose to lose the games. But luckily, I didn't put real money down. I just threw that out there, maybe to be something, and it was not anything. So. Like I said, we're not we're not gonna you know mess with that. We're just gonna move on, move on to the regular season. But we do have some preseason football to watch, and I do have a preview here for us. And I'm gonna start off with the AFC. I will probably do the NFC maybe on Monday. Maybe we'll see how the weekend goes with headlines. NFC will be sometime next week. I. Haven't fully picked it out yet, but the AFC I did make sure to go through every team's schedule. They should be all good. I should be all good. And without further ado, let's get into it. And so the first team I have is number one in the AFC. And I think this is a very popular pick among betters, uh, just general analysts, um, just all the above. Everyone will loves, it, loves this team coming into the year. And that is the Buffalo Bills. And I think the Buffalo Bills are an obvious choice because, I mean, the moves they've made, they, they obviously have lost some pieces, some players here and there. Um, like, I think they, they lost some veterans, like, along the offensive line, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley. But they replaced those guys. And they're hoping some guys will make a jump from, you know, being fourth and fifth options to being second and third. Like, Gabriel Davis and Isaiah McKenzie both should be play a big role in how this offense looks. And Jamison Crowder also coming in from New York. That's a big addition. James Cook getting drafted out of Georgia should play a big role in the backfield there for the Bills, especially receiving the ball because that was kind of what he was really separated him last year at Georgia. And the defense, I think, should be improved as well because they have some young guys on that line. Gregory Rousseau, um, Ed Oliver is still young. People have kind of like forgotten about him, and I – I thought he was going to be the best player coming out of his class. He obviously hasn't lived up to those expectations, but he's still as solid a D tackle as they come. Hopefully he makes a little bit more of a jump. Gregory Rousseau, like I said, monster tools, and so he should, if he can kind of round it into being an effective edge, that should be good. They signed Von Miller to a big deal. Tredavious White's coming back from his you know ACL injury. They still have one of the best safety duos, I think, in the league with Jordan Poyer, who I think he actually did get hurt, but uh, Micah Hyde is back there. Like, it just feels like the Bills, everything should kind of round into form here. Um, obviously, losing Brian Dable to the Giants, the offensive coordinator, is probably a big loss, but when you have a generational talent like Josh Allen who just makes play after play, that makes anyone's job a little bit easier. And I think that'll happen here. And I have the bills going 13 and four. I, I think they're going to steamroll their division, lose a couple just by the nature of it. And I just, I find it hard to think that the bills are going to really struggle. I do have them losing the opener to the Rams. And the other game I have them losing to is the Vikings. That'll be like the head scratcher. Like how do they lose to this team? Um, And then New England and Miami kind of late in the season as they've kind of like wrapped up, you know, their spot in the AFC kind of as a giant. But yeah, I mean, I'm 
I don't think there's any reason to not like the Bills. Like, really, it's it's, a, it's about as complete a team as you can get. And I think betting on them would be a safe bet for almost any of these games. And, yeah, I think they should get the benefit of the doubt against these better teams. I think they're just going to look really good, really strong. Yeah, give me the Buffalo Bills as the number one team in the AFC. And number two... I think people are picking this team to kind of take a step, take a significant step back and kind of be like in the wild card race just because of what they lost over the offseason. However, I don't think that that's that simple. And that's the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are still the Kansas City Chiefs. They still have Patrick Mahomes, who at this point is now kind of wildly underrated, I think. People kind of have him like, you know, behind Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, and sometimes Tom Brady. And I I don't know how that's possible. I still think Patrick Mahomes is going to be the best quarterback we've seen in this next decade. I think that's a pretty safe projection, especially if they keep Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy just running the ship for the next 10 years. I, it's hard to imagine they're going to really trail off. And people will point to Tyreek Hill being gone, being a big loss. And it is. That is a big chunk of their offense that walks out the door with all his speed. But I think if they had to replenish the receiver room, they did it well. They picked in Juju Smith-Schuster, who, you know, despite how you feel about him off the field, he is a good player on the field, will be a good, reliable option kind of underneath routes and all that jazz. Sky Moore drafted out of Central Michigan. He's supposed to be the replacement for Tyreek, the speedy guy that's on the outside, has really good route running. Meikle Harmon is still there with all his speed. Uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, who was a dependable target for Aaron Rodgers last year, is still there. Um, the running back room is not as good as you need. The offensive line should be a monster again. I think you know Creed Humphrey takes another step forward as one of the best centers in the league. Um, you have Orlando Brown on the outside. Uh, hoping that some the right tackle gets kind of shored up, but they should still be good. Travis Kelsey is also still there, and I... He is getting up there in age, and you don't know if he'll drop off in production due to being older, but you never know. And I would bet on him still being an effective target. I just he doesn't seem like the guy to really trail off until like he's like mid thirties. And he's close to that, but he's not there yet. And the defense also, you know, did lose Tyron Matthew, which is a big loss, I think, leadership in that secondary. But a lot of those guys were young still. And a lot of those guys are kind of in their third and fourth year, and they were good last year, and they should, like I said, I think they should still take another step forward. And I think the D-line is really solid with Chris Jones there in the middle. The linebackers are a little less to be desired, but I think they're still a really effective unit, not elite, but effective. And, yeah, I, I think it's hard to pick against them. Um, I They're a team I have losing to kind of like the – upper tiers and then like they lose to the Broncos here just because divisional I've been losing week one to the Cardinals because the Cardinals the early Cardinals before Call of Duty comes out with Kyler is the best team in the leagues <laughs> so I do have them um, being solid early but or losing early but after that I have them winning like five in a row or four in a row here against good teams I have them beating the Buccaneers and Colts on the road which I think they could really realistically split those more than win both. But for now, I think, I don't know. I think they'll have more juice early on. Um, I think they'll be more familiar with each other than I think the Colts will still be kind of mending the bridge with Matt Ryan, figuring that out. And the Buccaneers, I think, are just kind of coasting. 
I mean, seriously, against these big teams, I think they'll just, you know, if they get down early, it's like, eh. And so, yeah, I, I really do like the Chiefs here. Uh, after we're going to fly through the bad teams, but I, I feel like I have to give the analysis for the good teams just because, and next, my third seed, I got the Baltimore Ravens and I think the Ravens are, you know, by and large, a product of their schedule being really easy here. I think that's why I have them in the three seed. Cause if you look at the team, I think they have their flaws. I think the, like the wide receiver core is not good. Um, I think the D line's a little bit on the older side. Obviously, I think the secondary will be really good coming back with some healthy players. And I, I think the run game should be a lot better too with J.K. Dobbins coming back, Gus Edwards coming back from injuries. Um, but man, the receiving core is really bad. They have Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews, and really a bunch of very young, unproven guys. And that could play into like, you know, they could play themselves into being good. Um, but they could also just be a train wreck and probably, they probably need to add another guy. They probably need to add a veteran. I, I think Odell Beckham is the most obvious choice there because I mean, the thing is people will be like Antonio Brown wants to go there, but no, in, no sane person is picking up Antonio Brown. Plus he's a good rapper now. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard, but he's got a little dance now. Anyways, moving on from Antonio Brown. I have the Ravens being a comfortable three seed, kind of in the, I think, running for the first seed. This is one of those teams where I could just see Lamar going nuclear this year, winning another MVP or something, um, cashing in on a monster contract. But then I think injuries could also derail it, but that could be for any team. But, I mean, given what we've seen, I think the schedule is just so favorable. I mean, really. Um, I have them losing to the Bills, the Buccaneers, uh, losing a game to the Saints on Monday night in New Orleans, I think that's just a tough game to go into. Prime time, I think the Saints are just good enough to put a you know, throw a monkey wrench into that. Um, I do have them losing to the Bengals once and the Browns once, and I'll talk about the Browns later. But um, it's more of a product. I'm kind of betting on Deshaun Watson just being out for like ten games, and they end up playing the Browns. They play them in week seven and week 15. And like I said, I assume that Deshaun Watson will be back by week 15 just because. And so, yeah, I do think I have the, them losing to the Browns once in Cleveland and to the Bengals. They could get swept by the Bengals realistically because the Bengals might have the Ravens number because they did last year bad. Joe Burrow had like 800 yards and eight touchdowns against the Ravens by himself. <laughs> like alone, just the Ravens, those were his stats. So kind of hard to predict those games but you know i just i think the ravens can win some close games here against good opponents um, but they also do have a bunch of bad ones like pan like come on the panthers um i think they split with the steelers they play the falcons uh, they play like i said browns was probably jacoby Brissett. i do have them being new england the jets dolphins i, I just they have a handful of teams that are just kind of not i think they they're just they won't be on the level that the Ravens will be, at least in the secondary and quarterback level-wise. So with that, I'll go to the fourth team here. I have the Indianapolis Colts at fourth. And as a person that's like 
silently rooting for the Colts this year as my Falcons are awful. Um, I think this was like kind of sad when I picked it out. I was like, I kind of want the Colts to be better, but first year of Matt Ryan, it's a new system for him. He kind of takes some time to adjust. Um, simply put, I think, <laughs> I don't know. I think they just take some bumps in the road where it's like Colts kind of just lose some games that they shouldn't. Um, I have, do have them losing to the Titans. I have them, you know, dropping a game to the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Just they haven't won there in so long, so I'm just gonna go with the trend there. I do with the Patriots winning a close game. I have the Raiders winning a close game. They do have to travel for both of those, so that's a hard task. I have the Cowboys winning. A lot of the games that I have them like losing, it's because it's like the Colts are like going on the road to these places and I just don't know how I feel like I don't know how I feel about Matt Ryan going into New England and winning winning that game or going into Dallas and winning that game going into Minnesota winning that game like those are just very 50-50 games where I can see the Colts dropping it just because I'm not sure about their defense they lost their defensive coordinator to the Bears and I mean frankly like I don't know how this offense will look like I I seriously, like, obviously Jonathan Taylor will get his and will look really good in the process, but I don't know how the passing game will hold up because you have Michael Pittman Jr. And then a lot of guys that are, like, kind of need to prove themselves or are very young, you know? And simply put, I don't know how much, like, Michael Pittman can carry the passing game if that's really all they have. Like, I know they have multiple targets that can be effective and are good players, but for sure guys that like are blue blood like we know they're good um you know Pittman Jr being the only one is kind of hard for me to sell myself on and so yeah i i just i do like the colts i do ha- like how they project um just you know winning some easy games um like i, I do have them winning against the broncos on the road so it's just it's a lot of 50-50 games where I see them it going the other way. However, I do think they're good. I do think they'll pick it up early or I mean late. So, yeah, it's just it's a hard team to project right now, especially on offense. Although I do think it'll be vastly improved from the Carson Wentz era. <laughs> the Carson Wentz era was something that Colts fans should not want to think about. Um, and I do think the defense, I actually do think they'll be slightly better. It's just, I don't know if they'll be scheming up as much, you know, they'll be scheming up as much, um, fun stuff to throw at offenses, but we'll see. I hope they prove me wrong. I hope they do better than 10 wins, but I think that's a you know good projection projection for them early. And in the first wildcard spot, I have the chargers. And when I look at the Chargers schedule, really it's, it's perhaps the hardest I've seen in the league. I'm just going through this, the AFC side at least, because they play a lot of very, I mean, we know the division is a bloodbath. The AFC West is an absolute bloodbath. Uh, I do have them like winning, like I have them going three and three in the division, which is I think a big improvement over last year, which they, I think they're like two and four probably or one and one and something like they weren't good in the division last year. I think they'll be better this year. And they do play the likes of the Texans, uh, probably the Deshaun Watson list Browns, the Seahawks, the Falcons. Those are all wins. But, you know, coming down the stretch here, they have, I would say, a hard game from week 10 on, like at least a competitive playoff caliber opponent. 
outside of maybe the Dolphins, but like you have the 49ers coming off a of bye in week 10. You have the Chiefs coming to LA. You have the Arizona Cardinals. You have the Raiders. You have the Dolphins, which the Dolphins, like, you don't know what they'll be at that point in the season. But I mean, if they have some momentum or if they kind of like, you know, figure out their like scheme late in the season, that could be a tough team to win against. Uh, you have the Titans, you have the Colts, you have the Rams, and then you finish off with the Broncos in Denver. So that's like, that's your last seven games there are at least, you know, playoff caliber opponents, I think, week in, week out. Whether whether you think the Dolphins are or not, that's to, yet to be seen, but that's hard to see, you know, them really winning all of those games. So that's why I think I have them, like, I have them winning a majority, like, I think four and three in those last seven to really help them get into the playoffs, but they better not drop one of these games against the teams I mentioned earlier. Like they can't, they can't slip up against the Jags. They can't slip up against the Texans. You know, they, they can't slip up against the Falcons, multiple teams that they just, they have to win those games where last year they didn't. Um, and, and they have, they have to go 500 or better in the division. Just simply put, they have to, you know, it's just, I think the thing about the Chargers is I think they also did get a lot better. Like, I think defensively, signing J.C. Jackson's big. Trading for Khalil Mack is big off the edge. Um, they have to shore up that D. The run game, the run defense was laughably bad last year. And I don't think that's an offseason fix. Like, I think that's something they'll have to work out in season. But, you know, it was just laughably bad. Their linebackers hopefully make a jump. Kenneth Murray hopefully is better. Derwin James stays healthy, you hope. Uh, Sante Samuel Jr. also plays himself into being a really good starter. Um, it's more of the defensive questions I have, but Brandon Staley hopefully will string together a good scheme for them and play to his strengths there. Um, the offense I have zero worries about. I think they're going to be as they're going to be the best offense in the league. I think that's a comfortable like them or the Bills, you know. Um, because, I mean, you still have Keenan Allen. Uh, you still have Mike Williams. You have multiple guys that should be coming up. Josh Palmer. Uh, you know, multiple guys that should be good young third threats there in the receiving core. Uh, Austin Eckler still coming out of the backfield. Isaiah Spiller, rookie from Texas A&M. Your offensive line should get better. Rashawn Slater is one of the best in the league already. No worries about the offense. And then you have Justin Herbert to cap it off, who could be an MVP you know, candidate, if they, you know, are, if they are like close to winning that division, if he throws for like 5,000 yards and 45 touchdowns, there's no reason why he can't be an MVP candidate. And so we'll see with them. I think they're like very close at the heels of the Chiefs. Um, but I just think, you know, they have some, they have some bumps in the road, especially on that defense they'll have to figure out. And then at sixth place, I actually have the Las Vegas Raiders. And the team that is playing tonight, obviously, the Las Vegas Raiders, are a very polarizing team from last year. And the thing is, they still ended up making the playoffs. And I think they just got better. I think what they did in the offseason was really underrated. Normally, they go out and they sign a big free agent that really won't do much and kind of just tails off and isn't good. But instead, I think they went and picked up Chandler Jones, who I think will be a solid vet, veteran off the edge there in pair with Max Crosby. Um, I don't know about what else they did in that defense, but 
you know, that I think they were a good unit last year, not great, but good. I think they're still improving. And I think the offense is sneaky, one of the better offenses like in the league because Derek Carr played really good last year. He has Josh McDaniels coming in with his system. They picked up Devontae Adams, the best receiver in the NFL. Hunter Renfro they locked up. Darren Waller's still there. Josh Jacobs. I I really like what the Raiders have on offense. Now, their offensive line is a little less to be desired, but I just, what they have out there, I think they could really terrorize a lot of teams in the passing game as well as, like, I think the run game will still be there. But, I mean, if Josh McDaniels cooks up what he can, I think this team can, you know, Com- at least compete with anyone. They were, I mean, think, think about it last year in the playoffs. They were like, they were like 10 yards away from scoring a touchdown and beating the eventual AFC champs in the Bengals. Like, they were very close to winning that game. And I think they only got better this offseason. And so maybe you have some like first year head coaching mistakes from McDaniels, but I mean, he was a coach before and hopefully he's learned his lesson, but you don't know. But yeah, I, I, the Raiders, man, I don't know. They also have a tough schedule. Just the AFC West, like, as I said, they're playing each other and they're, it's going to be a bloodbath. They are also playing perhaps, you know, one of the other better divisions of the NFC West with the Cardinals, Niners, and Rams. Like, I have them losing to those three teams. Uh, they also play the AFC South with the Colts and the Texans, or the um, Titans. So those are also very tough games that you don't know, like, those two get teams could you know beat you hypothetically. I have them winning against the Colts, but losing to the Titans. Uh, you know, going ten and seven, I think is no. It's not a bad thing there in the AFC West, obviously, but it's just it's just the projection I have for them. And so yeah, I I think moving on to the next team, it's the uh, last wild card team I have. And you could say it's a step back because truthfully, it is. I mean. The Bengals going from winning their division to the seventh seed is bad, but I still have them winning 10 games. And I do think they have the potential to win that division. Um, you know, winning some games over the Ravens, I think could propel them there. Um, but I do think that there are expectations that are high and maybe they don't come into the season as hungry as they were last year to prove themselves. But nonetheless, I, their schedule's still very favorable. I think it's just a product of the AFC North where their schedule just like, it's just not, it's just not really a hard division really. Um, like I think, you know, I have them beating the Steelers, the Jets, the Dolphins, uh, the Saints, the, like the, they play the NFC South and the NFC South outside the Buccaneers is complete poverty. Um, I basically have them losing to just upper tier playoff teams and divisional opponents. Uh, the Cowboys and Browns in week eight, like uh, those two teams, like Deshaun Watson, Browns and the Cowboys, I can see being 50, 50, the Titans in Tennessee is a little bit tough. Um, the Buccaneers in Tampa Bay is a tough one. Bills chiefs. They play those. I don't expect them to win. I don't expect them to beat like the best teams, of the AFC. <laughs> I just, I think their defense will take a step back. I think they were really good last year. But, you know, repeating that success will be hard for a team that is as young as them. And I will think, I do think they'll have some growing pains, but I think Joe Burrow will have that offense really humming, especially in the second half of the season, because their bye week is week 10, which is kind of a good spot for them. 
kind of regroup and fit, try and finish out the season well. So I do have the Bengals winning the seventh seed, and I could I could see them upsetting you know the the Chiefs. You know, getting another win over them in the playoffs would be kind of hilarious, but you know we'll see we'll see how that plays out for them. Um, and then three teams that I have all at nine and eight, and this is where I'm really going to kind of like fly through some of these teams. Um, I have the Patriots, the Titans, and the Broncos all at nine and eight. Um, simply put, I just think that they will have some bumps in the road where they won't look as good as they did last year. Obviously, the Patriots were really solid last year. Um, just in the first half of the week or first half of the season, I think they're very fortunate to be in that division still with the Dolphins and Jets. However, I do think those two teams got better. So the Patriots might split with those teams where in the past they've swept them, which will take away two wins, obviously. And like I said, I don't know. I don't think they're touching the bills. Cause I also don't know what they did this off season. Like, <laughs> you know, I can look to the, the Titans and be like, you know, they're getting Derrick Henry back from an injury last year and they might have some receiving woes, but you know, they got Traylon Burks. Um, the Broncos obviously got Russell Wilson, the Patriots, they lost their offensive coordinator and treated away some people. Like their first round pick was a Chattanooga offensive lineman. I don't know. I don't know. There's they didn't name coordinators. Bill Belichick, just is not naming coordinators like they just don't have them like they have players it'll be a collective unit like i i don't know i don't know how to feel about the patriots however i just by virtue of their schedule being really easy i mac jones i think will be better i think mac jones will was limited he had training wheels last year hopefully they take those off and he can kind of cook a little bit more with you know throwing downfield or stuff like that I don't know. I just don't, I don't know what the direction of the Patriots are, especially after finding out that you do have a good young quarterback. Like Mac Jones is good. He's good and serviceable. And like I said, you're paying him not a lot of money. So, you know, what are you doing to support that right now while you have him cheap? And I simply don't know. The Titans, like I said, they didn't pay AJ Brown. They traded him away, brought in Traylon Burks. You don't know if he'll be good. I think he will be, but you don't know that obviously. I, they have Robert Woods, who's coming off an ACL tear. Derrick Henry is coming off of his injury. The offensive line, I think, is very questionable, especially on the right side. I don't know who they have there outside of, like, I think a second-year player. Um, Ryan Tannehill really didn't look good last year. Kind of went back to the Ryan Tannehill we know. So that's a little bit scary for Titans fans, but... I think the defense will be good enough to like hold teams, and I think Derrick Henry will win some games on his own. But I can't see them winning a lot of the games against contenders. Uh, you know, teams like the Colts. I think they'll. I do have them beating them twice, but I think that's just because Colts are kind of new to a lot of players. But yeah, I don't. I don't know where Tennessee projects right now in the AFC. And then I have the Broncos, and the Broncos, like I said, just lost Tim Patrick, who I talked about on last show. And that's just, you know, it's really just me not believing in much of what else the Broncos have outside of Russell Wilson. Uh, I love Javante Williams. I do. I think Javante Williams is an absolute star. And they have some games that they can win, like against the Jags, 
against the Seahawks, stuff like that, um, the Panthers. But it's really more so, I think Russell Wilson will also trail off again like he normally does. It's a trend he does every year. It's weird because people kind of dogged Kyler for doing that, and it's because he plays video games. But Russell Wilson like quietly does the same thing, except he doesn't play video games. So it's like, what's the difference here? I don't know. And I really just don't have the Broncos winning against winning teams. Like, I don't know if their defense is really built as good as people kind of like are projecting because it's normally like the Broncos have a really solid defense to great defense. And I don't know any moves that they made that really made that unit, you know, a force to be reckoned with. And like I said, Corlin Sutton is not the same guy that he was before his ACL tear. I mean, he might come back, you know, after being healthy for a year. Jerry Judy has been, I think, really disappointing from what I thought he was going to be in the league. Um, You trade him in Noah Fant for Russ. The offensive line is, I mean, good but not great. It's it's a very weird team to project, and I don't think Russell Wilson – I mean, Russell Wilson brings them up from – you know, missing out on the playoffs entirely to being close, but no cigar. I don't know. I just don't believe it. Maybe maybe they beat the Raiders um, twice and they end up sneaking in over the Raiders, but I think really that you can flip a coin for the Raiders and Broncos. I just don't. I just, obviously, you know my thoughts on Russ. I just don't believe in him. Uh, and then from there, like, I have, I have the Browns. Uh, simply, I just don't know. <laughs> I just don't know about the Browns. I just widely believe that that the Deshaun Watson thing will just hang over their heads and not really help them at all <laughs> this year. Like, it just will be a very, very sketchy year. Everyone will kind of be walking on rocks, like or glass. Like, you know, it won't be it won't be fun for anyone because they will all have to answer to it. Like, there's not really. He's the leader. He's making two hundred and thirty million for your team talked about all the issues I have with it. It's a lot of stuff where it's like very murky and cloudy this year, especially with this NFL appeal coming. I just on the field results, I don't think they'll be good for the Browns. I don't think Jacoby Brissett will be good. I think he's like 10 and 37 and 47 career starts. And that's not good. And people say he's like a passable serviceable player quarterback. If 10 and 37 is passable. Then I don't know what I think we have to like kind of, change the definition then because i think there's a lot better backup quarterbacks like teddy bridgewater and stuff but whatever i like i think teddy bridgewater is passable jacoby Brissett's just not good but he won't he he won't murder you like any rookie backup or anything so yeah the browns were really in a murky's place um i have the dolphins just not being living up to expectations i think they want to make the playoffs i think that's like a a very big goal of theirs because they were aggressive and went after Tyree kill They signed Teron Harmstead from the saints. Who's a tackle and the defense. I, I think the defense will be good. I think the defense will be legitimately really good. Um, I think they have a lot of good young players. Javon Holland, Jalen Phillips should take strides this year, but my God, I don't know about Tua. I don't know about the run game. The run game is like, they have like five running backs who've been running back by committee guys. So it's like, Running back by committee with running backs that are always in committees. Like, I don't, I don't know what to think of it. It might be Daniels in his first year. 
and the owner is suspended. It's a lot of very weird stuff. Tyree Kill is just telling everyone that two is sneakily like the best quarterback in the league, which we know is a lie. Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill really might be the best duo receiving wise in the league, but we won't know because Tua Tua might not get the ball to them effectively. So seven and ten, I think, is kind of where I have them. Just I'm just not a believer in Tua really, and. Yeah, I think I think they do have a tough schedule with certain teams like the Packers, Niners, Chargers, um, like Bengals, Bills, Ravens. Like I don't those that I can't see them beating winning teams. Like they, I just don't. Uh, then I have the Jaguars at six and eleven. Or I also have the Steelers. I just skipped over the Steelers. I talked about the Steelers yesterday with the quarterback situation. I think I really touched on everything that I needed to with the Steelers. I just. I think they can beat some teams in their division, but I don't. The, the games against Cincinnati is week one, and then Cincinnati coming off a bye week, which is two very tough games, especially with playing Joe Burrow, who always comes into things prepared. Um, I just can't see the Steelers with that quarterback play really being effective enough on offense once again to really make any noise. And Kenny Pickett is a rookie. He won't be good in year one. That's just... It's the reality of the situation. Rookie quarterbacks are rarely good in year one. We look at that last year. It's very true and evident. So not a believer in what the Steelers have going on on offense yet. Then Jacksonville is 6-11. and And I I do think Jacksonville will be a much better looking football team. I think the games will be actually entertaining. Doug Peterson, I think, is, a very, is an effective coach. I think, I mean, he's won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles. Trevor Lawrence should be more than thankful to have this. He has an offseason full of this with Doug Peterson. Should be better. Travis Etienne hopefully comes back. Don't know about the receivers. Um, don't know what they're doing on defense, like scheme-wise. Signed a lot of really solid players. You hope Christian Kirk is the guy on the wide receivers. Uh, you hope Foyer Lucon is a good guy on linebackers. Some of the young guys in the secondary hopefully are better. Trayvon Walker hopefully looks good. You're really just looking for player growth and Trevor Lawrence, especially. And I think that we'll get that. Like, I mean, I think six wins is good for them. The season total six and a half, like win total. I don't know. I, I would like to take the over just cause it's like plus money, but not sure yet. Uh, and then I have the jets at five and 12. I just, you pick out their schedule. And it's just like, can't see the jets beating them. Can't see the jets beating them. I can't see the jets beating them. Like, unless Zach Wilson seriously makes, like, that second-year step to, uh, like, maybe close to halfway halfway in the league quarterback, like 16, 15, unless he makes that jump, I can't see the Jets really making any noise. I don't think the defense is there yet. I think they're still young. Um, I think that they got three first-round picks this year, and, you know, those guys are should be significant contributors, but they won't be year one because they're rookies. So, hard for me to buy them. And then I have the Texans at last. And that's just a product of the Texans are just doing this thing where they just want to be awful and get a top three pick probably for the next three years or two years. And I don't I don't hate that strategy. I think you're just looking for Derek Stingley to be good. Maybe Lovey Smith isn't an old curmudgeon coach there. Davis Mills maybe will look like a franchise quarterback. I don't know. We'll see. And if not, then you can go draft a guy. It's really just a lot of like maybe see somehow some young guys develop it will be an ugly team but maybe a competitive team with certain other bad teams i don't know 
so that's the entire AFC. And I think that's like a good way to like kind of inch our way into the season, give you my thoughts on the teams, going kind of conference by conference. And that's how the AFC, I think, plays out. It just seems like a pretty fair way of doing that. And so I'll kind of dive into a little bit of little storylines, injury storylines with, sure enough, guys that we hear about that were, they were high school teammates in baseball? Yes, Matthew Stafford um, apparently has a little bit of an elbow tendonitis issue that will keep him from throwing. Um, Sean McVay called it abnormal, which is not an awesome sign. However, hopefully just I think with some rest maybe that he it will heal itself, like maybe just not hurt him as bad. It kind of stinks, but I just, you know, I think it's a notable thing if you see Matthew Stafford struggling early that he just, you know, has to get into a groove. But kind of a tough injury thing there. And like I said, Clayton Kershaw, who, like I said, they were high school teammates. Um, Clayton Kershaw has some lower back pain, so he um, has some little bit of injury bug there. Tough to see for the legendary, you know, pitcher. Uh, that will be tough. I mean, like I say, it's not tough for the Dodgers because he's not one of their top guys still anymore, but it's not awesome to see uh, Clayton Kershaw get some more injury bad news, which he's had recently. But nonetheless, those are just a couple storylines. Not a whole lot of not a whole lot of news here on a you know Friday or Thursday afternoon, you know. Uh, but real quick, before I get into the tears, I'll kind of run through the tears a little bit quickly. I got I got some MLB scores for you. And it looks like we have all of them final, which is kind of a rarity sometimes. Sometimes we're in the middle of the games, but yeah, we got them all finaled. We have the Pirates beating the Brewers 5 to 4 in extras. Really, beat them in extras again? Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. I'm trying to make sure I have the right right day here because I think the Pirates beat them in extras again like like last night, but okay. Uh, that's tough for the Brewers who, you know, kind of like sold off their closer at the deadline. But yeah, the Brewers find themselves losing another game to the Pirates, five to four. Uh, the Cardinals edge out the Cubs to gain some ground on the Brewers and a doubleheader. Uh, they win four to three. Dodgers beat the Giants five to three. And like I said, Kershaw left that game with back pain. So we'll see how that goes if he goes on the I.L., the Athletics beat the Angels, and I can tell you this much. The Angels must be folded. The, the Angels must be thrown away into the trash, burnt, and maybe send their players just everywhere else. I don't... The Angels hit seven home runs. Seven solo home runs. Yes, seven solo home runs they hit, and they lost. <laughs> they lost eight to seven to the Athletics, who... It's not the Astros... It's the Athletics, and they lost to them, despite hitting seven solo home runs. I The Angels at this point are just a laughing, comical joke of a team that lose in awfully hilarious ways. Um, the Rockies spoil a Joe Musgrove start, um, win 7-3 to three there. The Phillies edge out the Nationals 5-4. to four. Uh, The Mets and Braves are in a you know big series right now. Uh, and Kyle Wright did not have his best stuff. None of the Braves starters have seemed to have like their dominant best outings recently. Like Kyle Wright's still having a really good season, but this was obviously, like I said, not one of his best. And uh, 
I, w- I just have to say, Edwin Diaz has a walkout, something like his walkout thing. Whenever he comes out, it's one of the coolest entrances in sports. I just, I have to be honest with myself there. It is a really cool, really cool entrance. Edwin Diaz gets like a six, six out save out of his mind. Um, Tyler Naquin hits two home runs and Vogelback hit a home run. So p- big deadline acquisitions making place for the Mets. Tough for the Braves, but they look to get back at it tomorrow. And hopefully they went over the weekend. We'll come back and I can talk about that. Um, Justin Verlander is continuing his unbelievable season. Six to nothing win over the Guardians. He's 15 and three with a 1.73 ERA. So Justin Verlander, have a, have a year, 39 year old Cy Young. Why not? Uh, the Rays win six to two over the Tigers. Blue Jays beat the Twins nine to three. Uh, Cardinals beat the Cubs again in a doubleheader here, seven to two. Um, they their um, trade deadline pitcher Jose Quintana wins in his debut. Uh, the Rangers end up getting a win over the White Sox, three to two, and the Royals beat the Red Sox, seven to three. So those are your MLB scores, and with that, we get into the Fun Friday tier. One that I was really excited when I was making it, uh, just because of how fun it was, like funny and ridiculous it was. And originally it was just like a serial mascot tier list. And it's like, this is a cool mascot. This is not a cool mascot. And I was like, you know, forget that. Let's do it if I was in a fight. (laughs) If I was in a fight with any of these serial tier mascots, whether I'd win or not. And I think I got a I think I got a good shot here in some of these. I'll explain the ones where I would lose, but we have I have the tier list here. It is five categories. I have would kill, would win but close, tie, would lose but close, and would kill me. And like I said, it's just a fight. We're imagine it we're in WWE, Hell in a Cell. Cage is there. The roof is there. There's no escaping. You have to go to the death. And that's the way I'm playing this out. And I got to say, I think this top tier list, I have I have all of them. I No doubt. Toucan Sam. Come on now. He's a bird. He's a toucan. What are you going to do to a toucan? Now, my buddy said that toucans are apparently clear. And I, like, didn't know how to take that. I was like, does that... What does that mean here? What does that mean that the bird I can see through the bird? And he said yes. And Corbin, as you know, has been on the show before. Maybe he can describe it better when he's back on. But I, I, I it's still a bird. I don't. Am I supposed to be scared of the bird that apparently you can see through? I don't know. If he's in the, if we're in the hell in the cell, I'm gonna beat up the bird. The bird is done. I have a different bird later, but they're different cases. The toucan is not beating me. Uh, next, I have the Rice Krispies little fellas. I, they're very small little men, and I don't know how they would beat me. I seriously do not think they could. I think it'd be a very like beating ants type deal. Uh, then I have the frog from the, I believe it's Honey Smacks. Once again, that's a frog. I mean, he has a hat on, which is a little bit like, hey, is he cool? Is he is he like, is he got like sneaky hands? Like, can he like sneak in some rights and? He can jump probably quicker than I can turn, but I don't know, man. He's a frog. I, th- I think I got a good chance there. Uh, I have the Honey Nut Cheerios B. 
I mean, brother, it's a bee. I don't, I don't, am I supposed to be scared of the bee? I've seen bee movie. They're not that threatening. Uh, then the Apple Jacks, I have the apple from the Apple Jacks. I mean, it's an apple. I think he's a little bit spooky because he's got some energy. He's got some spunk to him. However, it's an apple, so I think I get a good shot there. And yeah, that's the wood kill too. I like I I I very confident in my ability against all these people. And so the next one is would win, but it's close. And I start off with the Trix Rabbit, and the Trix Rabbit's a little bit funky because he's got a little bit of like movement to him. He's a rabbit, you know. He's kind of quick for me. However, I think if I get my hands on him, if I get into the mat. It's over. I think I'd win. But it'd be, like I said, it'd be tough. It'd be a tough one to actually get my hands on him. But nonetheless, I think I'd still win. Uh, then I have, oh, it's the Green Rooster. I can't remember the cereal. I can't remember the cereal, but it's the Green Rooster. I'm sure if you saw him, you'd recognize him. Green Rooster, red stuff, whatever. Uh, I think roosters are a spooky bird. I don't know. They got a little bit of, they got some fire to them. And I, I don't think that's really debatable. I think. Like I just, it's a hard, it's a hard thing for me to sell myself on that I would dominate this bird, but for that reason, I think I would still win. Uh, there's the Lucky Charms, um, leprechaun. Uh, leprechaun's a little bit tiny. I mean, we, I think that's a well-known thing. Le- leprechauns are not, um, you know, Shack or anything, but I, I think, you know, I think I get a good shot for him. I mean, I feel like he'd be like, put him down, put him down, and I would just, you know, sock him in the head, and he'd be done for. Like. I don't know. I think I got a good chance there. Uh, the Honeycrisp Bear. Now, you might ask. It's like, Lucas, that's a bear, dude. I don't know, man. The picture, he looks kind of chill. He looks like he doesn't really want... He doesn't want to get in the cage or nothing. He looks like he'd like try and work out a peace treaty with me. But I'm not having it. I'm not having it with you, Mr. Bear. You're going to get these hands. Uh, the Old Man from Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Uh, it's an old man. I'd feel bad. I'd be like, ah, brother, you need to be in a retirement home. But he might have some old man strength, so it'd be like, uh-oh. Um, but that's like, it'd be more like, I'm sad to beat you up. However, I gotta do what I gotta do. Um, the Is it Coco? The Coco from uh, was it Reese's Puffs? No, no, it's not Reese's Puffs. It's Cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. It's that bird. It's the orange bird that's like he goes cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I mean, uh, as anyone would for Cocoa Puffs, he's going cuckoo or anything. And I think, you know, he has a little bit of crazy to him. He has a little bit of like inner city, um, inner city excitement. Like he's a homeless person. Cause you know, sometimes respectfully, some of those people are a little bit more jumpy and uh, willing to mix it up with uh, strangers. I think that's kind of the energy this bird brings. And that's a little bit of a wild card. And I think it is, it is like the one I'd be like kind of very nervous about, but I think I could still win. Cause once again, it's a bird. And I think birds are slightly overrated. I do. They don't have hands. They have wings. Come on now. Um, however, I just do think the is a wild card factor with the bird. Uh, then next that's, that's the end of that tier. That's like, that's all I think I would win against. I think I'd win against all of these respectfully. The next one I have is Ty, and this is like, you know what, game respects game, I gotta tip my cap to you. I have Barney, Barney from uh, the Flintstones, aka Cocoa Pebbles. Barney, I think, has a little bit of, like, a little bit of dog in him, I don't know, he has a little bit of, like, like I'm a, 
my caveman from the old days. Like, like I don't know. I don't, we we could get the fist of cuffs and we could get really going, but in the end, I think we would just both be tired and be like, you know what? Come here, brother. And we would walk out together as like, you know, raise our hands together as winners and we'd walk out to so much applause. I don't know. I think we'd have an understanding and mutual respect of opponents. Um, then I have the 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 wolf from uh, Cookie Crisp. I mean, it is a wolf, so that's a little bit spooky, but I think if I assert my dominance early on, I could win, but I mean, it is a wolf, so it's like I have to be nervous enough to where, like, I don't know if I could be an alpha to this wolf, and it's kind of nerve-wracking, but however, I think I could hold it off. Like, I think my defense would be good enough. My offense would not be good enough. So it kind of balances out where I think we would tie here. Then I have would lose, but it's close. And this is just simply based off of, I think, I think these folks are stronger. I think they have better strengths than me. Uh, count Chocula. He is, a, he's the count. I mean, he looks like he has a little bit of speed to him. He's a vampire. Uh, maybe if I get like an onion or, or garlic or whatever, um, and a steak, maybe I have a chance, but if we're talking hand to hand combat, he might give me the business and I'm, not entirely confident, but I think, you know, he has a strong chin. Uh, I, I just think he, he might have an advantage up on me. And then I have Captain Crunch. Like I said, I think Captain Crunch, if I get in if I get in proximity and I, like, he's an older man, so I might have a chance. But, I mean, I think any, like, pirate Captain Crunch type folk, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I like my odds there. Because I think he's, like, an experienced veteran of the sea, and I don't know... I don't know if I could do that to him, you know? But that's like the two guys I have and would lose, but it's close. I, like I have a chance in them, but in the end, I don't know. Lastly, I have would kill me. And these two things, I think it's not really debatable. One of them is Tony Tiger. Tony the Tiger is great, man. I mean, I personally love the cereal, but... Tony the Tiger is a tiger, brother, and he looks like he's a strong tiger. He doesn't look like no weak little baby cartoon tiger. He does have a little bit of, like, chest strength, I think, on him. I'm not messing with him, you know. And next, and last but not least, it's the Raisin Bran Sun. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the sun. Are you, I, no one's beating the sun. I mean, seriously, if we, if we get in the ring with the sun, it's killing us all. It's killing the arena. If you put a sun in the ring, we're all way too close, and that should not happen. And we would be toast. Like no, no pun intended about breakfast foods, but we would be toast. It would be really bad for everyone. And so I don't think I could beat the raisin bran sun. I think it would immediately kill us all. And so that's the tier list. That that's the that's the fun Friday tier list for everyone listening. Um. <laughs> I will put it out. Uh, we'll hopefully maybe get some fun laughs from it. Maybe people will be mad about it. Like, how are you gonna say you gonna beat the cuckoo for cocoa puffs, man? I, I or bird? Like, I I don't know, but we'll see. We'll get some feedback from it. I think this was a good, successful tier, and I like all my reasoning. <laughs> so, I think that's how we're gonna end it. I think. I'm I'm very just delighted that I just put together a tier list of mascots that I would murder, but we're here, we did it. So that's 
I think that's a good way to end the show for this week. Uh, another great week. I think there's good shows. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed doing all these next week. Like I said, we'll do some NFC, NFC stuff. Um, maybe I'll get Corbin on to talk about maybe some of the d- deadline stuff that I did earlier and how he was wrong about Luis Castillo <laughs> just because uh, maybe I'll get a guest on for the SEC to talk some of that. So with that being said, share, like, subscribe, all the good stuff. Head into the weekend. Have a great weekend, everyone. Let's Let's have a good weekend. And with that, I'll see you next week. Goodbye.